This is the World in Brief from the Economist. Our top stories. China began suppressing the widespread protests that erupted over the weekend in frustration at the government's stringent anti-COVID measures. Legions of police were deployed in Beijing and Shanghai, and an unknown number of protesters were arrested. Asian stock markets showed signs of rallying after the protests initially caused a slump at the prospect of slower growth in China. Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index rose by 5.2 percent, while China's CSI 300 grew by 3.1 percent. Leaders in Congress promised to block a railway strike. On Wednesday, America's House of Representatives will vote to force unions to accept a new contract and end their standoff with rail carriers, said Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House. Four unions had rejected the deal, saying it does not meet their demands for better pay and sick leave, and threatened to strike. America committed $53 million to repair Ukrainian energy infrastructure destroyed by Russian missiles. Antony Blinken, the Secretary of State, announced the aid package while foreign ministers from NATO countries gathered in Romania to discuss how to assist Ukraine as winter sets in. The alliance reiterated its support for Ukrainian membership, but with the country's borders still unclear, NATO has outlined no accession timeline. Britain agreed to buy out a Chinese state-owned firm of its 20% stake in a nuclear station in England, a day after its prime minister said maintaining close ties with China had been, quote, naive. Instead, Britain will seek other investors in the Sizewell Sea power station. Separately, Britain summoned the Chinese ambassador to criticize the treatment of a BBC journalist, who was arrested while covering Shanghai's protests. Singapore's parliament decriminalized sex between men, though it also moved to block potential future legislation on legalizing same-sex marriage. Despite that disappointment, LGBT activists hailed the news that the colonial-era ban was officially repealed. Singaporean attitudes towards LGBT rights have liberalized significantly in recent years, especially among the young. Maria Kolesnikova, a Belarusian opposition activist serving 11 years in jail, was taken to an intensive care unit, according to the Telegram account of Viktor Babariko, a jailed opposition politician. Ms. Kolesnikova had previously been placed in solitary confinement. She was arrested in 2020 as one of the leaders of the unrest that swept Belarus in protest against Alexander Lukashenko's almost 30-year rule as president. Football World Cup America beat Iran 1-0. The goal, by Christian Pulisic, sent him to hospital with an injury. England beat Wales 3-0. The run-up to the former match was dominated by the anti-government protests in Iran, which America has supported. On Monday, a protester interrupted a match wearing a T-shirt that said, quote, Respect for Iranian women. And fact of the day, 74 billion. The amount in yuan that China's three biggest airlines lost in the first nine months of 2022. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. China's leaders seek to calm the protesters. After years of living under COVID lockdowns, or with the threat of them, many people in China have had enough. Over the weekend, tens of thousands took to the streets in Beijing. Shanghai, and elsewhere, in an unprecedented wave of protests expressing anger with the government. 
We don't want lockdowns. We want freedom, they chanted. The government will not grant the freedom of expression that many protesters want, but it hopes to calm some of the anger by loosening restrictions without unleashing a wave of sickness that would cripple the country's health system. On Tuesday, the National Health Commission announced a plan to accelerate the promotion of COVID vaccines for the elderly. So far, only 66% of over-80s have received a booster shot, according to officials, although that is up from nearly 40% earlier this month. That is a practical first step, but for the people who spent the weekend chanting down with Xi Jinping, it may not be enough to mollify their rage. India's economy cools but remains an outlier. Few countries have enjoyed as smooth an economic recovery from COVID-19 as India. In the quarter ending in June, its annual growth surged to 13.5%, though it came from a low base given the impact of the pandemic in 2021. This resurgence is, in part, why the IMF predicts that India will ultimately grow 7% in 2022, becoming the fifth-largest economy in the world and displacing Britain. Growth rates are now normalizing somewhat. Data released on Wednesday are likely to reveal a much smaller year-on-year expansion of 6.2% for the quarter ending in September, according to economists surveyed by Bloomberg. The global economic slowdown is hitting India's exports. Manufacturing activity remains sluggish. Interest rate rises are also beginning to bite, with tightening expected to continue until next year, albeit less aggressively. The cooling economy, however, may not be a bad thing. In addition to reining in inflation, currently at 6.8%, Economists believe weaker domestic demand could reduce worrisome fiscal and trade deficits. Who will replace Nancy Pelosi? On Wednesday, the Democratic Party in America's House of Representatives, which lost its majority at the midterms, will choose new leaders. Nancy Pelosi, aged 82, has led the caucus with a steely grip for 19 years. Steny Hoyer and Jim Clyburn, who hold the number two and three posts, are 83 and 82 respectively. This octogenarian monopoly on power has frustrated ambitious younger Democratic congressmen. Ascending the ranks can mean waiting decades. In 2018, to placate them, Miss Pelosi agreed to cede the top job in 2022. Her replacement will almost definitely be Hakeem Jeffries. Aged 52, he is a pragmatic liberal in Miss Pelosi's mold. Catherine Clark, age 59, and Pete Aguilar, age 43, will serve as deputies. This outcome, orchestrated by Miss Pelosi, who wanted an orderly transition, underlies the sway the outgoing speaker has over her colleagues. The Republicans, though, have been squabbling. Hardline conservatives are refusing to support Kevin McCarthy, the party's newly elected leader in the House, a preview of the fractiousness expected when Republicans control the chamber next year. 
New Inflation Data for the Eurozone Much of Europe is shrouded in fog, and the outlook for inflation is similarly obscure. In America, inflation is slowly on the way down from its peak, but in the Eurozone, analysts are still wondering how much higher it might climb. Wednesday's flash release of the HICP, the bloc's consumer price index, will give a hint whether the worst is behind the European Central Bank. That will help it decide how much to increase interest rates on December 15th. Early estimates from Germany and Spain for November suggest that headline inflation may be past its peak already. Annual inflation in Spain was recorded at 6.8%, down from 7.3% in October. In Germany, the figure has come down by 0.4 percentage points to 10%. In German states that reported early, the headline figure has come down too. But underlying, or core inflation, which excludes prices for energy and food, and is a better gauge of future inflation pressure, remains stubbornly high in both Germany and Spain. Even when the peak is clear, the way down looks foggy. Barbados starts work on a project to commemorate slavery. On Wednesday, construction will begin on a Barbadian project to commemorate the British transatlantic slave trade. The Barbados Heritage District, designed by David Ajay, a British Ghanaian architect, will house a museum and research center, as well as a memorial to the approximately 400,000 people trafficked to Barbados in the 1600s and 1700s. The complex is next to a site where some of their remains are buried. The first ground will be broken one year after the island ditched the British monarch as its head of state. Attitudes towards culture, identity, and the British monarchy are changing across the Caribbean. King Charles III is still head of state in seven countries in the region, but Republican sentiment is growing. Jamaica's government wants the country to become a parliamentary republic. Smaller islands, such as Antigua and Barbuda, have said the same. The death of Queen Elizabeth II, who was hugely popular abroad as at home, may only hasten the separation. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday. Which condiment comes in honey and whole grain varieties? Tuesday. Which 1948 Hitchcock movie appears to take place in real time? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Oscar Wilde, who died on this day in 1900. Only dull people are brilliant at breakfast. That's the world in brief from The Economist. 
available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.